Welcome to Living the Good Life Podcast, where we bring you messages, thoughts, and advice for living the good life. Today's message is brought to us by Brother Larry Dishman. Turn with us, if you will, over to the book of Amos, the sixth chapter. I'm just going to read the first part of this verse. Woe to them that are in ease in Zion. Our text is a very familiar text. And I know of no more needed warning than this one spoken to God's people many years ago by a simple country preacher, a man who was called to deliver God's message to God's people, a people that were cold and calloused and indifferent to spiritual matters. I want us to look at this warning and may it help us as the people of God as God would speak to us because possibly if we could see ourselves as God sees us, that we're at ease in Zion. This man, this rustic preacher, God's man with God's message was standing out there shouting, woe unto them that are at ease in Zion. That wasn't what the people wanted to hear. That wasn't what they expected to hear. But he was shouting, Woe unto them that are at ease in Zion. Burden. That's what Amos' name means. He came with the message. He came with the burden heart. He was not a professional prophet. He wasn't a pastor, he wasn't a minister, he wasn't a father of a prophet, he wasn't the son of a prophet, he didn't go to a prophetic school, he didn't attend Bible college, but the fact of the matter is, as we look at this chapter, we look at these scripture, this man by the name of Amos, this man named Burden was God's man for that people in that day. And he had God's message. Woe unto them who are at ease in Zion. He stands before the people and he preaches a message. He preaches and he denounces their luxury. He preaches against their lack of concern and care and compassion for the poor. He condemns their drinking. He condemns their complacency. He condemns their costly parties. He condemns the philosophy where the rich get richer and the poor get poor. He condemns the fact that those who are getting rich through false gain are the very ones who are religious. He condemns the fact that they use religion for their false living and masquerade themselves around it. Do you see any parallel? Do you? What do Christians, professing Christians, long for today? Just like in that day, these people claim to be longing for the coming of the Lord. And Christians today are longing for the coming of the Lord. 
But you know the sad fact of the matter is that many people who are longing for the coming of the Lord are not really ready for the coming of the Lord. They were wanting the Lord to come, but they themselves were not ready for the coming of the Lord. Do you know what a big problem that was? If you read this book, you will see that these people, the very people who were religious, the people that he said, woe unto you, were the people that was going to church. They were taking the name of Jehovah, the name of God. These same people are the ones that were shouting, we are looking for the day of his coming. We're looking for the day of the Lord when the Lord will come and judge the earth and we will be free from all of our enemies. These very people that was asking for the coming of the Lord this message was to them. Woe unto them who are at ease in Zion. Woe unto them who are at ease in Zion because you are calling for the Lord to come. But when the Lord comes, it's not going to be your enemies that he's going to judge. He's going to judge you. Amen. Yes, my friend, we see parallels of this very thing in our day. Yes, the nation of Israel, friend, there was peace and prosperity. There was luxury. There never had been a time like this before. Everything seemed to be going well for a lot of people. But this rustic preacher, God's man, with God's message, was standing out there and shouting, woe unto them that are at ease in Zion. Yes, dear ones, the Lord spoke words similar to this in the book of Matthew, the seventh chapter, almost seemingly goes parallel with what Amos was saying. There in verse number 21, he says, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Amen. Listen, friend, their attitude was much like the very thing that Christ was dealing with. He said, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name have done many wonderful works, but I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Just like these Israelites, we're going to church going to fellowship meetings. We're going to revivals. We're breaking the bread. We're doing everything that is meant to be done. We're singing the songs of Zion. We're worshiping the God of Zion. We're looking for the coming of the Lord. But Amos says, listen, like the Lord says, there'll be many in that day that will say, did we not do this? In your name, did we not lead one to Christ? In your name, did we not preach, Lord, in your name? Did we not sing? Did we not testify in your name? He will say, I never knew you. I believe this is the message 
that God has laid upon our heart. And again, like some messages that we have to bring from time to time, it's not what you'd call a comfortable message, but God never promised that the word would always be an easy ride. Amen, woe unto them that are at ease in Zion. There's three thoughts I'd like for us to look at. First of all, what is Zion? Who is at ease there? And what does it mean to be at ease in Zion? First of all, let's look at the thought. What is Zion in this day? Hebrews, the 12th chapter and verse number 22 makes it very clear what Zion is when he said, but ye are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and into an innumerable company of angels to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn which are written in heaven and to the God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. This warning was given to all who were in Zion. Who is at ease in Zion? Friend, Zion is made up of the people of God. If you're a Christian, you're in Zion. If you're born of the Holy Ghost, you are in Zion. Who is at ease in Zion? Certainly this warning is given to those who are lukewarm and those who are indifferent and those who are unconcerned with spiritual matters. However, it's also given to those who were religious. He was talking to religious people, people who attended church. They were still singing the songs. They was paying their tithes. They was praying their prayers, which leads us to the thought, what does it mean to be at ease in Zion? May the Holy Spirit speak to my heart. May we open our hearts up to the searchlight of God and ask God, Lord, if I'm at ease in Zion, help me to understand it because we don't want to be in a condition that God does not want us to be in as the people of God. But I look at this a condition that was here as Amos spoke of it, and they had a loss of consciousness of sin. Friend, the Bible says in the book of Revelation, the second chapter, verse number four, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. That's what had happened in Amos' day, and that's uh, what's happening, I fear, many times today. The Bible says, and because iniquity shall abound, that the love of many shall wax cold. And we can't deny the fact that everywhere we look and everywhere we turn, iniquity is abounding. It can have a negative effect on me. Amen. It can have a negative effect on you. It don't matter how long you've been saved and how long you've lived for God, friend. The things that's going on around us, if we're not careful, will have a negative effect on us. What's it mean to be at ease in Zion when we turn a deaf ear to what God is trying to speak to us? God speaks to us through the precious Word of God, through our Sunday school teacher, through our pastor, and through the evangelist. So many times God goes to digging around 
our hearts and shows us needs, but when we can override that and we go on and say, I'll take care of it later when we're unconcerned about the things of Christ because we're more concerned about other things. That's proof, friend, that we are at ease in Zion when we are preoccupied with the love of worldly things instead of the things of God, when we're satisfied with sensual pleasures, storing up treasures of this world. That's proof, dear ones, that we are at ease in Zion, living at ease with no concern about the future, no concern about eternity. It's a lukewarm condition where the people of God can become hardened and indifferent and unconcerned, spurning God's love. Christian parents many times come to a place where they're at ease in Zion and they no longer have the real concern for their children like they need to have. They're not really carrying a burden like they need for their children and most parents become concerned when their children do not show progress mentally, physically, socially, and certainly these are things that ought to cause us to be concerned, but I tell you what I've noticed over the years, when many parents show no concern over the spiritual welfare of their children, they're more interested, and they're always talking about what their children are doing and the jobs that they have and the degrees that they have. And I don't have anything against education. I wish I had more education. But friend, there's something that's more important than these things. How is our children doing spiritually? And so many parents today, they just don't show the concern and the entrance. Why? You know why? Because something's moved over us. We're at ease in Zion. The truth is, we can save ourselves many tears and heartaches if we'll show concern over our children and their spiritual welfare instead of the carnal things of this world. Signs of drifting, signs, my friend, that we're at ease in Zion is when we're drifting slowly drifting away from church and getting more involved in the things of this old world. Oh, there's people that was once very active and they was useful and they was happy in the Lord's service. But slowly but surely, they're not interested in those things no more. Hey, they get to where they never attend anything that the church does. There was a time they were there every time but not anymore. They never make a contribution to the church financially, physically, or spiritually because they're at ease in Zion. They used to be a big supporter of the church and now they're critical of everything that the church does and they find fault. They're unwilling to accept any responsibilities. Oh no, I don't want to teach no class. I don't want a position because I want to be free to go on the weekends and do what we love to do. And if they accept responsibilities, they fail to fulfill them. 
They want positions, but they don't want to be there to fill those positions and take responsibility. They don't show any concern when the attendance of the church is low. They always want to know where so-and-so is, but they never call them themselves to say, brother, where you been? Sister, we've been missing you. We love you. It's a sign, my friend, if we're at ease in Zion, when the friendship of this world means more to us than the friendship of God's people. Favor will walk with the enemy of the church. Farther away from the old paths by choice. Convictions without courage. Absence from service. When the Bible says not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a matter of some is. But exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. But you see, they've dropped out of services for Sunday pleasure. Delayed prayer and Bible studies missed other Sundays. Drifted further and farther. They drifted so far it's going to be hard to get back. Are you listening to the counsel of sinners? The Bible talks about that. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor setteth in the sea of the scornful. People become cold towards the saints. Critical spirits begin to work. You can't do nothing right. No vision of a lost world going to hell. And no victory over sin. No visitation to win sinners to Christ. God is dealing with the problem here in the Bible, in the Word of God, through Amos, it's not a problem with the atheist. It's not a problem with the agnostic. It's not a problem with the sinner. It's a problem that God had with his people. Woe to them that are at ease in Zion. Take little or no active part in the service. Don't fill a place. Just come in and fill a seat. I know thy works, he said. Thou art neither cold nor hot. So then because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Denying him the rightful place. God, rightful place is first place in my life and first place in your life. But when we're at ease in Zion, we deny God that place in our lives. Cold, dead services are the direct results of self-satisfied religion that knows nothing about the mighty miracle working power of the presence of the Holy Ghost exalting the Lord Jesus Christ. The tragedy of the whole thing is while there's people around the church that's asleep, every agency of the devil is wide awake. They're working overtime. Those with an an ease attitude need to stop because the wrath of God is a terrible thing when it's stirred up. God by his nature is kind, gentle, patient, long-suffering, loving. But when God's people continue to be at ease, 
God can be offended. You know there's many records in the Word of God of terrible things that God permitted when his people hardened their hearts and became disobedient. Paul puts it like this in Galatians, the sixth chapter, and verse number seven. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. I'd like to ask you a question. Who was it that Jesus left the glory world and came down here to save? It was sinners. I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. But my next question is this. Do you really believe in hell? Think about it. A former atheist who got saved once said to a Christian, the atheist said, if I believed what you believed about hell, I would crawl on my hands and knees across beds of broken glass and hot ashes to the four corners of the earth to tell people, to warn people of hell. Do you really believe in hell? That's what the atheist said. Are we at ease in Zion? Charles Finney, a great American revivalist of the 1800s who brought many souls to Christ, was used as an instrument of God for revival. He said this, that as Christians, we need to do something. It's an exercise we need to do. Charles Finney said, we need to take the New Testament. We need to take our Bibles. We need to open up our Bibles and read every passage in the Bible that talks about hell. Go through it from the beginning of the book and all the way to the end and the verses that talks about hell. Take a member of your family and place their name in that verse. He says, pretend that you're looking into hell with a telescope. And this is what he says. Put your little girl in there. Put your little boy in there then you'll know the cost of hell. Do you believe in hell? Are we at ease in Zion while the world around us is damned and even our own children? Let me ask you a question. Who was it Jesus come to save? Sinners. Have we forgotten what the gospel is? It's not a we nice story. The gospel is about a cross the blood. It's about the judgment. But most of all, it's about deliverance from all of this. That's what the gospel's about. And we cannot bring people to Christ if they're not brought to the law first to see what they really are. It was not till the gospel was preached to me and I heard the law of God and realized what a wretched, no good, hell-bound sinner that I was. I had to see myself in the mirror of God's Word and then thank God the man of God pointed me to a Savior that died to save the world. Can you set at ease 
in Zion while the world around you is going into a lost eternity. Is there not a cause? Is there not a world, a family, our families? We could go ahead and say are in hell. They're in hell now because the Bible says they're already condemned. They're already condemned. They're not going to be condemned. They're already condemned. We've got to reach them with the message that Jesus saves. We had better heed this warning. Woe to them that are at ease in Zion. Thank you for listening. If you found this message helpful, please share this episode with your friends on Facebook, Messenger, or your favorite social media. If you have questions or suggestions, please message us on Facebook by searching Living the Good Life Show. A big thank you to Sister Rachel Fowler for all of her editing expertise. Until next time, keep living the good life.